Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Hey, guess what? We want to hear from you specifically. We have been doing the Money Advantage podcast for over three years, and we've covered a lot of ground, financially speaking. But if you have been listening and you have not heard us answer your burning question, we would love to be able to do that. So we have a great new way for you to be able to communicate your specific thoughts and ask us a question that we can answer live on the show. If you go to themoneyadvantage.com, you can click on the link at the top right-hand corner that says, send us a voicemail. And you can record a voicemail that we can play on the air. Now, this can be done from your desktop or even from a cell phone. It's literally so simple, and it's a way for you to be able to share your thoughts with us so that we can give the most specific, clarifying answers to you, because that really energizes us. All right. Good morning, and welcome back to the Money Advantage podcast. I'm Rachel Marshall. I've got my co-host, Bruce Wainer, with me, and special guest, Bob Berg. If you don't know this name already, you are about to be in for a real treat If you do know his name already, you even know more that it's going to be an excellent treat. He's actually a repeat guest. And today we're talking about his book, The Go-Giver Influencer. Now, Bob, welcome to the show. It is so great to speak with you all again. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to share just briefly as we get into this show, why are we talking about The Go-Giver Influencer specifically today? Well, if you are familiar with The Go-Giver line of books, there are several of them. We're going to have Bob talk about those. There's The Go-Giver, which I first was introduced by Bruce, and then The Go-Giver Leader, The Go-Giver Influencer, and I think I might be missing a few. There, there's one called Go-Givers Sell More, but that's, that's not right. a parable. That's more of an application for the original Go-Giver book. That's right. Okay. Well, they're all amazing. They're wonderful, wonderful books, super easy read that will be life transforming. And specifically today, there is a major problem in the world. And this book deals with this problem of people not just disagreeing with each other, but not being able to come to a civil and um, an agreeable disagreement, not being able to influence others because they're too focused on themselves. So this book really digs into that and uncovers how can we have more healthy relationships? How can we have more influence and how can we really get things done that are accomplishing our goals, which involves a lot of people and relationships. So this is just a tremendous book. And specifically at the end of a year that I would say we could probably all agree has been one of the most turned upside down years in history. This is needed far more than ever. So Bruce, I would love for you to share any thoughts that you have before we jump into what this book is all about. Well, first of all, in, in the spirit of, of uh, Bob's spirit, I would like to thank all the people that uh, listen to our podcast. Um, it is it is amazing the amount of people that reach out and say, um, hey, I really enjoy listening to you guys, um, which sometimes I'm amazed at because I'm just trying to share whatever I can with people. And I don't think it's really that big of a deal sometimes. Um, I guess that's probably blasphemous to say, but it's the truth. You know, I'm just like, this is stuff that everybody should know. I mean, it's like, it's, it's not, it's not something that a person can't find 
very easily, I think. But I guess maybe I'm I'm over or underestimating the the time that people have to look for good content. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of listeners that have reached out, Lee, Wes, Chuck, Nene, and everybody that listens, I, I want to really appreciate. The Go-Giver is a book that um, I probably read, you know, maybe eight to 10 years uh, ago. And when somebody gave it to me, I really didn't know what it was. And when you start to read it, it's very delightful. It's an easy read. But then the, the the type of writing that Bob does is just amazingly, it, it brings you in and it warms your heart. And then at the end, it, it really it really shows you how we all should live our lives. And I just think it's a wonderful uh, textbook for people to just hand out to people. I, I have two copies that I just handed to people yesterday, and uh, I think it really changes their lives. So um, I hope everybody pays attention to this episode and and uh, we're in the holiday spirit now, and we're just going to try to go and give a lot. You know, I appreciate both of your your kind words. I, I do want to say this, that, uh, and Bruce, you mentioned the, the writing style and so forth. Uh, I, have, I have the privilege and honor of uh, co-authoring the, this series with a guy by the name of John David Mann, who you know. And, you know, anyone who knows us knows John is the, the lead writer. He's the storyteller. I'm, you know, I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two, step three. I'm the boring guy. John is a remarkable writer, so I really want to make sure I, I credit him, you know, for for how those the, you know these books read. But thank you so much, both of you, for your kind words. It's really such an honor to be with you both. That's excellent, Bob. And it sounds like you got the best of both worlds because in any writing, which I'm knowing because I'm writing a book myself, awesome. you have to have the structure and you have to have the poetry and yeah. the murder yeah. is just yeah. so beautiful. So uh, I'm glad that you that had that collaboration book on your topic. Cause your topic is really one of the most important ones. We have, we have got to get, you know, a better understanding of that. And, and I love how you're educating uh, the public. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let's dig into this book, the go-giver influencer. So what would you say um, just kind of as the beginning or the intro to the book, why should somebody pick up the go-giver influencer? Well, you know, John and I in this book really wanted to to take influence to a deeper level because of its importance. Now, in, in both of the other parables, the go-giver and the go-giver leader, influence was certainly a part of it. There was even law number three, the law of influence in the go-giver. So, so we have to look really at what is influence and why is it important, okay? So on a very, very basic level, you can define influence as simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific goal. This could be a business idea, it could be a philosophical idea, a political idea, uh, a relationship idea, you know, whatever it happens to be, okay? It's being able to influence is to be able to move a person to to action. Now, that's important because, you know, and I think we've seen in certainly in business for years that you can have great talent and that's very, very important, okay? But talent and ability and the competence, it that's sort of the um, entry fee, mm-hmm. if you will to even playing because a lot of people have a lot of talent and a lot of ability and a lot and can work very hard. Again, all of those are important Mm -hmm. to really get to that next level. Okay. People skills are really the differentiator. 
it's, it's extremely difficult to move past a certain level without really being able to interact with people in such a way that you're able to bring out both their best and your best oh, yes. in a way that serves everyone. So that's so well why said. influence itself is, is so very important and why we wanted to go deeper into this topic. I love that you shared that. And I think so many times we can think a goal is something that I can achieve by my grunt, my, my brute force, my right, um, right. tenacity, my skill set, but really everything that we can possibly achieve, whether it's an investment, whether it's building a legacy, whether it's time and money freedom, whether it's even getting a degree, whatever you're trying to accomplish requires people. And that is so well said that you have to do everything through people and it requires having a win for you and for them. Yeah. And, and I, I just love how you said that because it, it's so very true. We can only go so far alone uh, in order to really be able to, to make that difference. It takes other people. So then you say, okay, well, so this influence thing, moving them to action. Uh, okay. That's the definition but is that really its essence? How do you do it? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, while the definition of influence is the ability to move someone to act. I don't think that's the, the essence of influence. The essence of influence is pull, pull mm -hmm. as opposed to push, right? As in how far can you push a rope? And the answer <laughs> is not very, at least not uh -huh. very fast or very effectively, which is why great influencers don't, don't, push, right? They don't push their will on others. They don't try to push their ideas on others. They're, they're not push E. You never hear people say, wow, that David or that Susan, she is so influential. She has a lot of push. With mm. people. No, she's influential. She has a lot of pull with people. You know, push is compliance, right? It's making someone do. And we even know if you have a position of power, and you, you try to use compliance, which is really force or manipulation or threat or whatever, you may get them to do something, you know, maybe exactly what you've told them literally, but not in, in spirit, but it's not going to be long lasting. It's not going to be sustainable. You can't be a push based leader and have a team. You can have employees. You cannot have a team. You will not have people so going out. So it's pull. Now, pull is an attraction. Great influencers, what we, what John and I in the book call uh, genuine influencers, right? They they pull, they they understand that it's a matter of attracting people first to yourself. And what is attraction? It's pull. What is pull? It's an attraction, right? Attracting people to yourself first and only then to your ideas. So then, how do you do it? How do you do it? Well, the great influencers understand. Actually, what I believe was Dale Carnegie's underlying premise in his, his classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And this is where Mr. Carnegie said, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So the genuine influ influencer first kind of questions themselves to make sure they're focused in the right way, right? And that's focused on others. So in other words, they'll ask themselves the questions, uh, how does what I'm asking this person to do, how does it align with their goals? Mm. 
with their needs, with their wants, with their <laughs> desires? How does what I want this other person to do, how does it align with their values? How am I helping them overcome a challenge? How am I helping them get more of what they want? How am I helping them get closer to happiness and self-fulfillment or whatever it happens to be that's, that's germane to this uh, situation? Now, when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully, intelligently, um, genuinely, authentically, again, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process, now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment as opposed to trying to depend on some type of compliance. One of my great friends, a wonderful leader uh, by the name of Dondi Scumachi, a woman I consider one of my great mentors, I love what she says about this. She says, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to influence, compliance will never take you where commitment can go. Mm. That is so rich. It's very, very interesting how helping other people accomplish their goals and finding out what their unique ability and their uniqueness mm. is and figuring out what energizes them and what they want and helping them get there is so rewarding. Right. And yet it can feel very countercultural or counterintuitive. <laughs> Because I feel that a lot of times we can just be so focused in our own vein or our own track, and it's about what I want. Well, it's human nature, sure. Right. You know, but it's, it, it, yeah. it's just so yeah. profound yeah. how helping other people accomplish their financial goals is the only reason that we even have a business. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, from a biological, Bob, I don't, I'm a biologist by education. So, you know, I always look at it from, you know, the essence of what's in us, you know, from a biological sure. point of view, we do have to protect ourselves first be, for survival purposes. Mm -hmm. But it's there's a very thin line of protecting yourself first so that you can actually help the group mm. actually achieve their goals. Uh, it's it's kind of like the, uh, the air, when you get on an airplane, they say, put your, you know, uh, your face mask. mask on first before you, you put Oxygen it on your child. Mask, yeah. There are certain things that you have to do to take care of yourself, but the, the only reason you're trying to take care of yourself is so that you can actually help the group. You know, it's like if you if you don't take care of yourself physically, if you just and you can't help the group, well, then you're you're not really a, obtaining the group the goals of the group. So if you don't mind, let's let's switch a little bit here and let's talk about how you, without getting too political, but just in society in general, how do you think? Um, it would have been better for the uh, entities to help influence people to do things with the COVID-19 right now to where it's it would have been um, a much more smoother transition for not only you, the society, and the world uh, going forward. Okay, so let's, if we can, can, uh, can I go back to one point you made sure. regarding the aspect of having to, you know, take care of ourselves first as opposed to and so forth. Cause I, I, I'm not sure that it's an either or here's the thing that, that I, that I, that I think is important to know. There's nothing about being a go giver that is congruent with being a doormat or a right. martyr or self-sacrificial. 
So nothing in terms of discovering what that other person wants, needs, or desires in any way harms us. Right. And yeah. And so, you know, the very whole, well said. And I think yeah, you're, you're a much better communicator on that subject than I am. So well, I, no, I, I mean, you're an expert on the topic, you know, biologically speaking, how we do it. We know we 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 are survival oriented. I mean, right. that's how our hey, person ancestors, you know, survive. I think what was interesting is that that could have been interpreted, though, from somebody thinking, oh, I just need to focus on others and just do only what's in their interest at the detriment of my yeah. interest. Ah, 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 and ah. so they're more important than me. I am nothing. And that actually, I feel was addressed well in the first book where it said that being authentic and you are your own value, giving sure. the value is giving of yourself the most. And then the go-giver sell more showed that that was even a more successful way of being than, than focusing on just what you can get. But you can go ahead and get back to Bruce's point as well about um, influence in well, our society today. You know, the, the, I think one, one big issue is, uh, you know, with the way COVID was handled or, or mishandled by all sides, by the way. I mean, this is, the, you know, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Mind also, you. in my opinion, I'm not sure what my opinion is because we've been given so much information that's conflicting. <laughs> you know, people say, well, what about I, I, I really don't know. And so and that's uncomfortable. And, and the reason that's so disconcerting is because our political leaders made this about politics. And, I, and again, I want to say both sides. OK, mm-hmm. and I, I know how tempting it is to say, oh, but they did this and the other side saying, and they did that, which is again, uh, much a part of the issue that I, I believe we have. Um, so I think by, by making something like COVID a political issue, I think it hurt the very people that the, uh, the politicians are supposed to serve. And that is the, you know, the citizenry, mm-hmm. so, you know, that's a, what, what can you really say about that other than it goes back, you know, where that's, that to me though, is still in effect. What's the cause? Well, the cause I think is the political system that we, we have to not the system we have, although that's a whole thing in itself, but the attitude today between, let's say the two major parties, Republicans and Democrats, and I'm not talking about the politicians here. Okay. The politicians do what they do by and large to stay in power and to uh, you know, unfortunately, take care of themselves. Uh, so, and and we can't really expect under the current situation for them to do any differently. Okay, otherwise, we're we're not tuning into human nature. We're wanting something that wouldn't be. This has got to come from the populace itself. The citizenry must must um, commit. To mm-hmm. making it a system where the politicians are serving the citizenry, not the citizenry serving the politicians. So let's go back then to the basic attitudes of the citizenry. And again, we're going to go with Democrats and Republicans because those are the two major parties. Okay, uh, the libertarians, such as myself, we're out of the. You know, we don't have a whole lot of pull here. <laughs> we, and so I would identify with that same vein as well. Yeah, so it's just it's so interesting. Go ahead. Right. So so. So we look at the two major parties, and it used to be that the two, and we'll call them the two sides, because that's basically what they are, the two sides, Democrat and Republican, used to see, used to see the situation as, I'm right, you're wrong. Now, that's not the best way to see it anyway. It's not the healthiest way, but it was doable. 
Because if you believe that you're right and the other person or other side is wrong, you'll still engage them. Again, they're wrong. They're naive. They're not informed. They're whatever it is. You'll, you'll reach out. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm going to still reach out. Uh, you're right. I'm right. You're still going to reach out. Fine. But now it's no longer I'm right. You're wrong. It's I'm right. You're evil. Mm -hmm. This oh. is a totally different frame and one which makes it nearly impossible to engage because you're not going to engage with evil. Mm -hmm. Evil is incorrigible. There's nothing you can do with evil. So because of that, what have people done? People on both sides have hunkered down, listening only to the information that supports what they already believe. So they get, uh, so it, uh, they, they see two, I think Scott Adams, the uh, Dilbert creator, calls it two different movies, okay? So you've got two sides seeing two totally different movies play out. Neither side is even open to understanding how the other side thinks. And in order to, to communicate, you've got to be able to, to first see the other person or the other side as not being evil. Now, mm. are there evil people out there? Of course there are on both sides. And we can say the fringes on both sides come about as close to evil maybe as you can. That's fine if you want to go there. But by and large, people on both sides of the aisle, and again, I'm talking about the citizenry, would like to see a country where everyone is free to pursue happiness however they see fit, providing they don't infringe upon the rights of others, uh, to be happy, to be healthy, to be prosperous. To, of course, now they have two totally different ways of that happening, right? But that doesn't mean they're evil. And so if you can first see them as well-intentioned, that's a first step. Second is you've got to be able to understand their thought processes. Doesn't mean you have to agree. Mm -hmm. Got to understand why they think the way they do. There's a wonderful book you can get about this. It's called The Righteous Mind by Professor Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T, pronounces it Haidt. Uh, he wrote it about seven or eight years ago, I think. That's when I read it, maybe 10 years ago. And it talks about the difference between the thought processes of the two different mindsets of Democrats and Republicans or conservatives and liberals or however you want. And it's absolutely brilliant. Hmm. You can't read that, and, and I mean really read it, without respecting more the other side's at least thought processes. Okay? That it's is also so interesting. And I would, I would want you to take this. I know we are um, about seven minutes out before the end of our show today. So, so the, the premise of the book, the go-giver influencer is this idea of being able to figure out how do you do exactly that? How do you value the other person? How do you see mm. from their perspective? Can you walk us through really briefly? What is those, what are those um, five secrets sure. of genuine influence? Yeah, well, the first is to master your emotions, control your emotions, right? Uh, that's where it all begins. It's only when we're in control of our own emotions that we're even in a position to take a potentially negative situation or person and turn it into a win for everyone involved. The challenge is, as human beings, we're emotional, right? We'd like to think we're logical, and to a certain extent we are, but we're pretty emotionally driven. We make major decisions based on emotion. 
Now, what we're not saying is to deny your emotions. Mm-hmm. We're not saying forego your you know, emotions, as Bruce was saying. You know, that, that's biology. We can't argue with biology. What we can say is make sure you're the master of your emotions. They're not the master of you. Or as, again, Dondi Scumachi, my great mentor, says, by all means, take your emotions along for the ride, but make sure you are driving the car. Mm, very so that's well the first said. Part. Yeah. Second is to to uh, you know we say step into the other person's shoes, which you know it's an old saying, and it sounds like, well, just step into the other person's shoes. That's easy, or is it? Because the fact is, most of us don't have the same size feet, so we literally can't step into another person's shoes. More importantly, we figuratively can't step into another person's mind or set of beliefs because we're not them. Mm-hmm. We don't know them. And we all see the world from our own viewpoint, our own worldview, our own paradigm, our own model of how it works. We operate through a, an unconscious operating system that basically has it right. And you know how people are with money in terms of that, how they have that belief system. And you've got to work on helping them first understand that and then get right. past that, right? So, well, it's the same. And especially with if it's not serving their goals, or ah. especially if it's holding them back, or they're frustrated mm-hmm. with all the things that they're doing that seem incongruent, it definitely starts in that mindset. And honestly, that even goes over to what you were saying politically, being able to master our emotions, not see the other side as evil, and say, okay, how can I how can I be okay with the dialogue? How can I then step into their shoes and figure out why are they doing what they're doing? So exactly. go ahead. And the only way we can really step into another person's shoes is to ask questions Mm. and then listen, really listen, listen, not to shoot them down or to disagree or to, 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 to tap into our own cognitive biases and confirmation biases. And this is why it won't work, but just to listen. Right. As Stephen Covey said in the seven habits, seek first to understand. So um, the next is to um, cr- is to set the proper frame. Uh, sometimes we have to reset a frame, and a frame is simply the it's the place where it all begins. Uh, the frame can be defined as the the premise, the foundation from which everything else takes place. Mm. Okay. I always I, I love the example, and this is something that happened probably about ten years ago. I probably shared the story a thousand times, where I was in a Dunkin' Donuts uh, restaurant, and there was a little boy who was uh, running back and forth, and his parents called him over to the table, and he starts to run. He was just you know a toddler, and he starts to run back to his parents, and he trips and falls. He didn't hurt himself, but you could tell he was shocked, and immediately he looked at his mom and dad to get their interpretation mm-hmm. of the event right and you could tell had the parents gotten panicky and upset and, oh no oh my baby you know he would have started crying but they handled it so beautifully they you know they walked over hurriedly but but calmly and they had a serene look on their face and they smiled at him and they laughed and they said oh how fun what a good trick that was but what did the little boy do he started laughing and having fun but what the parents did is they set a productive frame for him to operate and we can do that too by the way we greet someone by the way we have now in politics though and we're talking about you know here we're talking in that and someone someone tweets or posts or says something that's kind of you know mean and nasty and 
whatever. They make one, you know, so let's say you say something like, um, uh, uh, so let's say somebody on the uh, political right says, uh, uh, says, uh, uh, universal health care is going to hurt far more people than it is to help, blah, 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 blah. So the person on the left writes back an angry tweet or Facebook thing or whatever, and they write, people like you are just so mean and horrible and you want people to be out on the streets and sick and dying and all that, okay? Now, if the person on the right doesn't control their emotions and doesn't try to understand and doesn't reset the frame, he or she answers back, people like you want to ruin us and bankrupt us financially. Blah, blah, blah. Now, this goes back to, again, evil and evil. So mm-hmm. instead, when, when you know, <clears throat> seeing that, that post, that says, oh, from the person on the left that says, oh, people like you, you conservatives or you Republican, whatever, you just want people to be sick and die and out on the street and blah, 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 blah. Well, what if instead this person writes back and says, uh, you know, the person's name is Dave, uh, Dave um, first, please know I appreciate the passion that you have for this topic and your obvious caring for all people. Like you, I want to live in a country where people are able to get healthcare that is affordable uh, and is high quality and is accessible. I think our biggest difference is what the best way to get there is. Okay, boom. That's really you framed it. Now, Mm -hmm. someone might say, well, but this person on the left or, you know, whatever, they're not going to, maybe they won't. Okay. There are, although you'd be surprised how you can bring someone into a car. You won't change them during that first conversation, but it's amazing how often when you do that, you can bring a person into conversation. But here's the other thing. It's not necessarily that person who you're going to influence or persuade. It's the fact that there are 20 or 25 people listening in on that conversation. Yes. And they're looking for two things. Who makes the best points, but also who relates in a way that is more appropriate and is more attractive. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so interesting because there's so many times that we'll see that through social media or even through our own business as we post on Facebook and YouTube and we'll see the comments that come in. And it's interesting that as a business leader, your responsibility is not only to educate the people that you see directly, but it is to carry yourself in such a way that yes, is an attractive person Mm-hmm. that is gaining that influence that is not blowing up because you felt triggered by something that somebody else shared. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm sharing that in all um, just authenticity because it's something that happens to us. And at the same time, it's something that anyone in business Very is encountering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So um, anyway, in our short time that we have, uh, uh, you no, also no, had, do- yeah. go ahead. We want to do the last two or yeah. Can you share the last two? Sure, absolutely. So the fourth is the fourth is communicate with tact and empathy, right? Uh, my dad always defined tact as the language of strength, Mm. which I love because it takes strength to not just blow up but to control your emotions (laughs) to right to yes, uh, it does. So, but you know, tact can really be uh, defined as a way of communicating an idea to someone that they ordinarily would not be open to or accepting of in a way that not only are they not defensive toward you and your idea, but they're open Mm. and accepting of considering your idea. Empathy is what makes this possible because it means we realize this person feels a different way than we do. And we may not understand exactly how they feel because we're not them, 
but we can understand they're feeling something. Yes. And we can operate within that. And then the last one is just is simply let go of having to be right. And what That's we a hard mean, one. Yeah. And now we don't mean don't care about being right. Okay. Of course you want to be right. You want to prepare to be right. You want to have the information to be right. But let go of your attachment to having to be right or right about everything. Okay. Because see, when we when we're not open to this. What happens is we become that person who my mind is made up. Don't confuse me with the facts. Mm. And that person can never learn. When we're at least open to not having to be right, we go into learner's mode. And we actually can equip ourselves with the information to make ourselves more right more times. Here's the other thing. When we do this, that person who we're dealing with directly or those who are lurking and listening or watching or whatever, they also know that we're not just looking to be right for the sake of being right mm. or be right by making someone else wrong, but that we're searching for truth. And again, truth so seekers good. are typically much more attractive to others than those who just dogmatically push their views and cannot be, you know, open to reason. That is so refreshing. It's interesting that the more you grow, the more you realize that there's still a lot out there that you don't know. Oh, and, uh, absolutely. I think it's interesting because as we age, we technically are learning more things than we knew before. But at the same right. time, I think there's that maturing process of realizing how many things we still have yet to learn. Mm -hmm. And you said seeking truth and being a learner that positions somebody in that mode of being more attractive. Right. And also we're in a position of being more influential when we. Exactly. Right on hundred <laughs> percent. So, I guess a so person excellent. could, a, a person could actually argue that truth is constantly changing um, depending on the circumstances going forward. There's going to be some fundamental truth, I guess, in physics um, and in morality. But there are going to be some, um, as people find are trying to find the truth on a topic, that topic can always be ever changing. So you can't just get to a place where you say, this is the truth and it's never going to change from there because of um, too many factors. So that's why I think you have to be a, a lifelong learner. Mm, right. I mean, beliefs certainly change, change ways of looking at the same thing change over time. And yeah. Absolutely. Hey, and Bob, then I think there's some truth that there's the law of gravity. That's never changing as that, right, long exactly. as we live on this earth. Now, there are so. certain, right. There are certain truths. They are truth. Yeah. Uh, and th there are, th there's a difference between a truth and a belief. Mm -hmm. You know, a belief is a subjective truth, mm -hmm. right? A belief is the truth as you or I understand the truth to be. Now, a belief might be the truth, but so often our beliefs aren't necessarily the truth. It's like, you know, we think goes, they are usually oh, right. it goes, well, <laughs> it goes back to that unconscious operating system, that belief system, which is what it's a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media. It's all the things that we're these ideas that we're given before we're even old enough to take them in. By the time we're a little more than toddlers, mm -hmm. our basic beliefs are pretty much set. And again, oh, there's many people who go through their entire life. None of those will ever change. They're just assured that's how it is. That's why consciousness or conscious awareness is always the place to start. Yeah. So good. 
So good. Bruce, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. What were you going to share? No, I'm, no, we're, we're good. Okay. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Bob, how can people specifically find you and get your books? Because they're uh, just too valuable not to know. Thank you. Uh, the best way is just to go to Berg, B-U-R-G dot com. Scroll down to where you can click on any of the, the books and go to the page. You can get a, the um, chapter one or, or an excerpt and see the book first to see if you like it. I also have a lot of other goodies on the page, such as blog and podcast and videos and, and so forth. So uh, just you know, visit Berg.com and hang out as long as you'd like. Awesome. I love that. I love that. And it sounds like you're providing a coffee shop environment on your webpage. I love that. Hang out as long as you like. (laughs) Yes. Rachel's being in the book, not me. I I can't say that I make great coffee. My husband does though. So (laughs) So, uh, this book, by the way, I just want to restate this. If you didn't catch it before, it's a parable. It's a story form that I just reread the Go-Giver Influencer um, two days ago. And I, I mean, I skimmed it. So it was a very fast read, but I think I picked up most of it in about an hour. I'd already read it before, but super easy read and super deep and transformational. Go get the book and you can do that at Berg.com. Now, as we are closing today, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being in a position to want to continue to expand and transform your mind so that you can accomplish time and money freedom. And just a few quick things. If you want to talk with our advisors, you can go to themoneyadvantage.com slash calendar. You can jump on our calendar right now to talk about privatized banking, whole life insurance. You can talk about cash flow strategies, alternative investments, and any piece of coordinating your financial life so that you can accomplish your financial goals. We'd love to be a part of that. In closing, I'll say Merry Christmas. I hope that you have a wonderful time with your family. Happy Hanukkah. I guess that's already passed, Bob, that you informed me of. (laughs) And uh, again, Bob, thank you for, (laughs) yes, thank you for being with us on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you both. Bye-bye. In closing, remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated. 
or Kalos Management Incorporated.